and welcome to this week's episode of the Horrible Things Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Emma Sexton, and this is a podcast that's just about everything that's absolutely horrible in life, the things that most people don't want to talk about. We're here to discuss them. (laughs) So, like I said, my name is Emma Sexton, and today I'm joined by... Emily Crawford. Yes, a long time. You've been on the show, like, what, four or five times, maybe? No, I Honestly, I think it's been two times. Has it only been two? It feels like longer. I know. It does. But our episodes are always fun, always slightly terrifying. Right, right. You've given me a couple tough ones. You had the hardest episode (laughs) ever. (laughs) I know. The first one I was on, you gave me the hardest one. Yeah. The vampire of Dusseldorf just made everyone cringe. Like, that was the one where even my parents were like, yeah, that was, like, too much. Yeah. It was way too much. We had to turn it off. And I was just <laughs> thinking, oh, dear. <laughs> but today, I can't say that the case is any less um, terrifying. <laughs> right. Great. It's can't wait. horrible. It makes me cringe. But oh, God. I thought, um, first, I need to give everyone a little... Uh, disclaimer so obviously we are doing our best to social distance doing our best to make sure that um we're no one's together and that we're not you know spreading the virus anything like that so if the audio sounds a bit wonky it's because emily and i are talking over zoom so it's not like she's here in person and we're doing this all at the same time it's kind of like bootleg podcasting (laughs) or how is no not bootleg gorilla podcasting so if it sounds a little bit weird that's why, just because we're going over a platform. But yeah, hopefully it doesn't make any weird noises or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> How has your quarantine been, Em? It's been pretty chill. Honestly, I've just been uh, I've just been reading a lot. I've been reading a lot and working out. I honestly have been working out more than I did when I wasn't in quarantine, which is surprising. But um, it's been pretty chill. I actually picked the case that we're talking about today because it was talked about in the book I just read. Uh, yeah, honestly, I don't know. I have so much free time that I just I read a lot more than I did before, which is nice. It's a nice change of pace. I agree. It's like a weird medium ground of I don't like not being able to see my friends, not being able to go out and hang out with the people that, right. you know, that I love. But at the same time, it is really nice to kind of have designated time to take a beat yeah and there's like we can do all the things that like um is that your puppy <laughs> samuel <laughs> sam yeah, my dad just go home. <laughs> um okay i think he stopped um we have a lot more time to do things that like we don't usually have time to do and like work on important parts that are like hard to designate time for so like it's it's nice it's hard but nice in a way i agree i agree that's exactly where i'm at Some days it completely sucks and other days I'm like, I could get used to this. Yeah. Yes. Like today I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to watch American Idol. I'm going to eat dinner. Like I'm going to like take my time. But other days I'm like, I want to go see my friends and I I want to go I thought American Idol was canceled. What happened? I thought American Idol got canceled. Oh yeah, it did. (laughs) Like a couple (laughs) years ago. But then they came back on like a different like channel or something and there I say it's better it's better those are fighting words yeah (laughs) I'm an American Idol stan what can I say (laughs) (laughs) the only like voice show that I ever watched was um I think it was called the singing bee 
What? Do you <laughs> I've never heard of that. Okay, it was on maybe in the early 2000s. And it was basically where people would go on TV and they would bring up random songs. It was like Jeopardy, but for songs. And so you would have to complete the lyric of whatever song they played. And the person who could like complete the most lyrics won a cash prize. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it was very competitive. (laughs) Yeah, back in the early 2000s, I would watch American Idol, like the good old days when they would bring like like horribly terrible singers on it, like on purpose just <laughs> to just make fun roast of them. them. Like that was like prime entertainment growing up. Like that was what I did. I like watched <laughs> all those like, oh, iconic, iconic. We love to see those people getting torn apart by Simon <laughs> Cowell. He was on American Idol, right? That's where he first got yeah. started. And then he was on X Factor. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He yeah. like he jumps around because you know he's he's kind of mean. So so in but, a roundabout way, we became friends because of American Idol. Do you realize this? Yes, because so of Simon Cowell and and yeah, when X Factor. Mm, so <laughs> start band. Yeah, Emily and I became friends over One Direction. So <laughs> Simon Cowell put together One Direction. Simon Cowell put together One Direction because he was on X Factor and he was only on X Factor because he was on American Idol. So there you go. I mean, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm pretty sure he actually didn't start them. I'm pretty sure it was the other female judge and he like took the credit. So wouldn't be surprised. Classic Simon Cowell move. (laughs) I know. To just take the credit. I why can I not say I'm surprised? I'm not. Are you ready to get started on our case? I am. Are you a little nervous? I am very nervous, but, you know, let's just go right into it. (laughs) Have you watched The Tiger King, actually, really quickly? Actually, I have not, but I don't, like, know what it's about. I just know that, like, it's about, like, people who owned wild, like, cats and tigers and and stuff like that. But I don't know what the hype is about because I don't really know. Yeah, I haven't watched it either, but I want to. I've heard a lot about it. I've heard that there's like people like threat, like they've been accused of murdering people. I don't know. Some, I don't want to see a correlation. <laughs> not my place to say, but. <laughs> not my place. I heard but... there's a murder going on. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess ties into this podcast. So. It really does. I've been told to watch it so much, but I haven't. But you know what? All I have to say is that that show could only be made in florida like let's be honest i didn't even know where it actually took place before i said this was made in florida wasn't it and someone was like yeah it was made in florida and ohio i was like why am i not surprised let's just call it how it is it's a perfect florida show it, i think it, it really represents is well <laughs> and i have it, you know it's funny because people were watching this show and i was just thinking to myself because my grandparents live in florida i was just thinking what are some weird experiences i've had in florida and then i thought back this memory from my childhood resurfaced where in like in my grandma's town there was this guy who had a house and you could pay to go into his house like this gigantic house and he had a bunch of random crap in there you could buy and then you go into the backyard and there's like a pit filled with alligators and you would pay five bucks a pop to like toss food to the alligators <laughs> in his backyard and this is a real place i went in my childhood when i went to florida it just makes sense like you just don't question it you don't no it's florida 
duh. Like if you didn't have that experience in Florida, like it wouldn't make sense. Like yeah, it would be even weirder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're like, um, did you actually go to Florida? <laughs> Sorry. Did you not feed a gator in a random man's backyard? You didn't <laughs> really go to Florida. You didn't really get the full experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. For people who are slightly offended by Florida jokes, I highly recommend going online and searching up John Mulaney Explains Why Florida because it's hilarious. And that is my allotment for one John Mulaney reference in this podcast. And now we can continue. Okay. We got that in there. So now we can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the Spider-Man of Denver. Oh, I do love Spider-Man. So maybe this is a good thing for me. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> not just Spider-Man. Yeah. But. We've been watching the Marvel movies. I mean, we, we went have. through them. We've been making our way through them. I just finished watching Thor Dark World. Oh, I have never seen that one. What, what is your thought? What are your thoughts? I mean, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's like a Thor. cup of room temperature water. That's how I would describe it. Okay, that makes I can see that making sense. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. like when you go to Costco and buy a fresh um carton of soda cans and you're so wanting soda that you just take one out of the can and like drink it and it's, it's good not because Yeah, it's good because you wanted soda but it's also not cold. That's Thor Dark World. Oh, that was such a beautiful explanation. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for it and mm-hmm. I will skip that one. Yeah. <laughs> but you better watch Winter Soldier. We discussed okay. this the other day, but I you will. have to watch that's, Winter Soldier. That's next on my list. Okay. Spider-Man of Denver or the Denver Spider-Man or his actual name, Theodore Edward Conies. Whoa. Okay. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start at the beginning. So we're starting with this guy named Philip Peters. He lives in Colorado pretty much his entire life. Also, what is up with Denver? Because I talked about this with Petaluma like two weeks ago, but Denver is another place where I'm not always necessarily hearing about murders in Denver, but I'm constantly hearing that it's haunted. Like, what is up with that? I feel like I have heard that as well. Or that like the Denver airport is like a portal to hell. Have you heard that? I have not. I did not hear that. What the heck? Yeah. People believe that the Denver airport is actually secretly a portal to hell. Genuinely oh. believe that. All right. Well, I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look into that. It's fantastic. <laughs> Definitely recommend. But yeah, Colorado always comes off as haunted. Don't know why that is, but it kind of ties along <laughs> in with this story. Okay. So Philip Peters was an active member of the Denver Guitar Club. He also worked for a railroad in Denver. And I also put a note next to this saying, what happened to those? Like, when have you ever heard about someone who worked at a railroad or train station? I I guess they kind of just floated away. Like, that just kind of dissipated into, like, what happened? But there's still trains. It doesn't make any sense because there's still trains. But I've never met anyone who works at a railroad. And I know that back in the day... Like, this takes place in the 30s, 40s. Everyone worked for a railroad. Like, if you didn't work for a railroad, you didn't work. (laughs) You just didn't work. (laughs) And now nobody works for a railroad. What happened to that? I guess they figured it out and they didn't need as many people. It's it's run by robots now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I can't even remember the last time I took a train. I, I did about a year ago for when I went to San Diego but it I don't know it didn't feel like I was on a train I don't know it was I <laughs> what did it my, feel like it, it just didn't feel like like a like a classic train experience I don't know it just 
<laughs> I felt like I was in a car, but I wanted like the, the train vibe. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just missing. I don't know. Yeah, trains are problematic. Anyway, railroads. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Philip Peters, he eventually retired into the small home at Westcliff Place in Denver. And he lived there for about three decades before everything in his life changed. So in August of 1941, so we're just coming out of the Great Depression, his wife, Helen, fell and broke her hip. And while she was in the hospital recovering from that, uh, Peters lived alone. And he was never home for dinners because he had really good neighbors and they would have him over every single night for dinner so that he wasn't eating alone. Okay. So one night, October 17th, 1941, he comes out. He hasn't left for dinner yet, but he comes out of his room and he sees a man digging through his freezer. Oh, interesting and why (laughs) we'll get to that i promise but he starts to panic and a fight breaks out and so as they're fighting the first thing this guy does is he comes over and he starts beating him with a pistol an old pistol he had found in peter's home it was like lying around i guess so he comes over and hits him in the head with the pistol but when it flies out of his hand he grabs this thing called an iron stove shaker it's like part of a stove and he starts beating philip phillips over the head with it and he proceeds to beat him with the stove shaker until he's dead and he hit him 37 different times and people who went in and saw the crime scene said that it was so brutal that there was blood spattered all the way up to the ceiling in his home when this happened oh wow and then gross Yeah, it's so, like, tragic to think about how intense that must have been. And this guy's in his 70s, too. Like, he's retired. He had retired from the railroad, so he was just... His railroad days were behind him. He was looking forward to, like, a peaceful, railroad-free life. In Denver. And then his wife breaks his hip, or breaks her hip, and he's alone, and this happens. So then the guy who had beat him to death, because at that point he died, uh, fled from the scene. And like I said, every single night, Peters would go to dinner with one of his neighbors. So when he didn't show up to dinner, about an hour after his death, his neighbors came over because they were worried about him. Let me just say good neighbors. We don't have good neighbors like that anymore. (laughs) But they came over because they were worried for him and they discovered Peter's body an hour after his death. So the Denver police show up and they're like, what? happened here because they realized that whoever killed him was long gone and the police were confused at first because there wasn't an apparent suspect and nothing had been taken from the home Mm -hmm. everything was still there so they knew it wasn't a robbery and detective captain james e childers actually said and i quote the killer took time to wash his hands and wipe off the murderous instrument so he could have taken time for the robbery Which just made this whole case very strange because they weren't sure why. And obviously that's a big thing is you assume that if an elderly person is beat to death in their home that something would be missing. You know, that there would be a reason. But the big thing that prevented this case from being solved quickly, even though they had found the body so fast after his murder, was the fact that there was no apparent motive And so the police begin to look into his past and see if there was anyone. They were thinking at this point that it had been some sort of revenge plot. And while that's happening, Mrs. Peters comes home from the hospital and her friend moves in with her because obviously it's she's still healing and she can't be alone in her house and just being a good friend. 
So her mm-hmm. friend moves in with her back into this house. Like, it's harder to, like, track or, like, figure out why. Because, like, it seems more personal because, like, he didn't do anything other than that. It wasn't like he was doing something and got caught and had to, like, divert that away. So that's very strange. Yeah, he's just a sweet old man. Oh, that's so sad. I know. It is really sad. That almost made me cry when I read that. When I first was, like, researching, I read that. Um, Mrs. Peters came home a widow I think was the line I read and I almost heard crying because I was just like this is that's just so the most awful so oh, that's so and his neighbors had to find him yeah it's so sad mm-hmm. so over the following months the police are searching for a killer but it seems like okay this guy's in the wind he totally fled and he had about an hour head start on them so they were like he could be anywhere and meanwhile both of the women at the house are scared like just terrified because food would go missing all the time from the house and things were left out of place from where they were and the police were called frequently when these things would happen but they never actually found anything um but the first big break in the case actually came in early july so he had uh philip peters had been killed in october of 1941 now it's july and the first big break came in when the housekeeper, or not housekeeper, but the woman who was living with Helen, uh, called the police and said that she had seen, quote, a thin white hand in the house while she was walking around. And she had seen things moving around the house, but never connected it to anything. At first, she thought it was haunt- it was haunted. And actually, that's what they both attributed it to the house being haunted. And eventually, Helen moved out and moved in with uh, her son, And the friend also moved out to go live somewhere else in Colorado because they were both so freaked out living in this house that they thought was haunted. But after she sees this hand, obviously the police are thinking, okay, so someone came into the house because the police cannot believe in ghosts. Yeah. (laughs) That was in early July. So July 30th, after checking in on the house, you know, day after day, the Denver police decide to station two police officers outside of the house because they want to make sure nothing spooky is going on. So they're standing outside the house all night and all of a sudden, boom, they see a guy inside the house. And so the officers rush in and they're checking all over the first floor and they see no one's in the house. And I just imagine at this point they're thinking, okay, so it really is haunted. But that's when they first hear a noise upstairs. And so they run up and they see in the small in the small closet, they see this guy running up into a small attic space and they pull him down the ladder. And that's when the cops finally had their first suspect is they literally pulled him down as he was trying to run back into the attic and they arrest the guy. But not before they first called for the police backup and they go upstairs to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And when they go up into the attic space, they realize that this man had clearly been living in the attic of the house. He hadn't taken a shower in his entire time of living there, which they mm-hmm. later found out was since October, since he murdered Philip Peters. So it smelled horrible literally the neighbors had complained of the smell before he had collected his waste and parts of things from the house to make almost a little nest and that's why he was dubbed the denver spider-man because there was one detective who said you would have to be a spider to live in those conditions so he became the denver spider-man 
That's literally disgusting. One cop literally got sick when he went up there because of how disgusting it was. Oh, my God. He was living there the whole time. Wait, did nobody check the attic or what? So they actually that's a good question because they (laughs) actually the the night that um, Philip Peters was murdered. So this guy actually did run away and then came back. But they he had been living there before. Uh, even while Philip Peters was living there. And when he when they went to go like see the crawl space, they thought, oh, it's too small for anyone to live in there. Because oh, it was okay. 20... So they just wrote it off. Yeah, it was 27 inches tall and 57 inches wide. Okay. So it really was like a nest. Yeah. Ew. It was only big enough for you to be in there. Like there was no space for anything else. It wasn't like he had the whole attic. It was a crawl space. That's literally so scary to think that you were, like, living in a house and that, oh, like, a man was living right above your you. Your husband's like, murderer is living oh, in your God. house with you? That's, uh, that's something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually my nightmare because I heard about this case before I actually researched into it. Like, I've heard about people living in someone's house and then they, uh, they're living in the walls or something. I heard this horrible one about this like neighbor who would crawl into someone's uh, air ducts while they were having sex and watch them from their ceiling and stuff like that. Literally my nightmare. The idea that someone's living in your house without your knowledge. Are you kidding me? There's nothing more terrifying. I have the chills like that like repulses me. It reminds me of that movie, The Boy, where like he was like, have you ever seen that horror movie? No, I don't think so. It's like, it's like she thinks that the this doll has a personality, but really, like he was living. The actual boy was living in some like hidden room and like moving the doll, and like it was really disgusting. Ugh, that's what I'm getting me. freaked out right now. I just looked behind <laughs> me because I'm getting freaked out. <laughs> that's how like scary. Watched. I I am being watched. I know. <laughs> I just saw my brother peep in. I'm being watched. <laughs> this is horrifying. Oh no, that's my worst nightmare. It's a nightmare. Some one time I didn't know that my dad was in our attic and I went into the garage to go get my laundry and our attic is accessible from our garage so I went into the garage to like go get my laundry and my dad started walking down the stairs of the attic and I panicked (laughs) I had a full fledged I just ran as fast as I could out of the garage because I thought it was some (laughs) rando coming down the stairs to kill me I was so terrified and it was only my dad and imagine if that person was actually living in your house and all the what? food and stuff that had gone missing over the weeks and months that you'd been missing your husband was actually the guy coming down from your attic and eating your food. I genuinely don't think I'd ever move past that. Like, I would just never feel safe again. And, like, I have an attic in my garage. I've never checked it. You know, there really could be somebody up there because we don't know up there. <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> so, know. So, yeah, I'm not really in the clear right and now. And you even have check. a fridge in your garage. I d- <gasps> I don't even go out there that often. Like, you could really just be living out. Oh, my. Okay. I have to move on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's terrifying. So oh, my gosh. They take this guy back to the police station and find out pretty quickly that he's Theodore Coney's, the guy I mentioned to you at the very top of this, Denver Spider-Man. So, Theodore Coney's was born in Illinois in the late 1880s. Uh, his parents were Canadian immigrants, and he came to Denver in the 1910s. Um, he actually had really poor health. He had terrible a terrible immune system. It was really hard for him to get through the Great Depression. So he was homeless for pretty much all of the Great Depression. 
and he couldn't keep a job long term because of his poor health. So he was living in Denver um, homeless for most of the Great Depression. But he had met Philip Peters in the Denver Guitar Club. And that's where they had first become friends uh, years earlier. I think 10 years earlier, they'd become friends. And he'd actually gone over to Philip Peters' house before for dinner and things like 10 years prior because they'd met in this club. So they knew each other. Okay, well, that changes things. Yeah, they knew each other, but not well. He was, I would say it's a stretch to even say an acquaintance. Okay, so yeah, they knew of each other. They've been in the same space. They've, like, interacted. Yeah, I mean, he's been over to their house before. Yeah. But he actually went to the Peter's house because he wanted to ask for some money and for something to eat because he knew that they had a house and he wasn't obviously wasn't doing so well because he was still homeless and he was in really bad health. I mean, they didn't think he would live past 18. So he was in his 30s and he just was not doing well. But this was the time when Helen was at the hospital. So both Philip and Helen were at the hospital and no one was home. So that's when Coney's decided to break into the house and steal some food. And okay. while he was going into the house to steal some food, he saw this tiny attic space and that's when he made the decision to start living in their house. So some there's two different stories. I read two different things. Most say that he lived in the house for about five weeks before the incident where Mr. Peters, because he knew, obviously he was living in the house. He knew that every night Peters went out to get dinner. So when he went out to get dinner, he would come down and take food from the freezer. And he most people say he lived like that for about five weeks in their attic while Peters was living there before that incident where he came down and caught him digging through the freezer, caught Coney digging through the freezer. But there's also one version that says that it was only about five days that he was living there before Peters came down and caught him stealing from the freezer. It's still like crazy either way. Like, yeah, like, like five days and five weeks, like, like, how can you live in a small, like, confined space and only come down to get food and, like, like how do you, oh, I don't even know how someone would survive that. I think it's when you don't have anywhere else to go. I mean, he was desperate, but it's still, obviously, terrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Oh, my God. That makes me sick. Oh, so gross. I just don't, I guess my thing about it is... I already have a fear of people breaking into my house. Like, home invasion, one of the most terrifying things ever. Yeah. Even someone just yeah. coming into your house without your knowledge or without your permission, very scary. But then the idea of someone living in your house, and it's just, it's not even, I mean, at first it wasn't even malicious, you know, but just the fact of someone being there, it's like the Toy Story thing. The, oh, because, yeah, when you look, yeah, when you're not When you're there, not looking, yeah, oh it's one of my worst fears. Someone it's, home invasion, home invasion, and also like somebody living here without me knowing it. Because it's like this is like your home is your safe space, and it's like where you can go, and like this is where you're like yourself, and like this is where you go. Like it's just your safe space. So like when you think about that being violated, especially like for some like like a long period of time without you even knowing, is so like unnerving. It makes me sick. Yeah. It's, it is very terrifying. And so when he was first brought into custody, he actually denied that he had committed the murder, but slowly he began to tell detectives exactly what happened. And 
he basically said that when he went into the house to first steal food, when both Helen and Peter and Peters were at the hospital, he found that place, that little crawl space and said that it looked like he said, quote, it looked like a good place to hole up for the winter because you have to think in Colorado, it snows in the winter and he he was homeless. So he thought, well, this is, I guess, where I'm going to live. And detectives like I said, when they first swept the house, they didn't think anyone could even live up there. So he just stayed. And when no one was at the house, he would go downstairs and steal a little bit of food so that people wouldn't notice that he was stealing food. He Mm -hmm. actually even installed an outlet in the attic while he was living there. Um, He took their canned foods and he built a radio so that he could, quote, stay in touch with the outside world. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I mean, he was thinking ahead. He was like, if I'm going to be here, I got to get It's just crazy because it was only 27 inches high. That's two feet. He was six feet tall. I can't even imagine. How do you fit in that? Or like, or at least like stay in that for I mean, he must have been bundled up because yeah. he must have been curled up in a ball because he's six feet tall. I can't even imagine how you'd fit into that space. I mean, yes, it was 57 inches wide, but still, How? It's terrifying. Like makes me uncomfortable to think about. (laughs) So, like I said, he was discovered when he came downstairs thinking Peters was at dinner. He'd actually come down to make coffee, but he found obviously he was discovered. He hits Peter Peters over the head with the gun he'd found in the kitchen, and he had beaten him to death. And he'd run. Actually, at first he thought that he had knocked Philip Peters out, and then he was going to just like take his money and go. But then he heard Peters in the bedroom, like going to make, he was going to make a call to the police. And that's when he beat him with the stove shaker and he beat him to death. And obviously he said at first it wasn't intentional that it was just a spur of the moment thing. But I don't think people were inclined to feel trusting of him after he had been living in their home undetected for months. And like I said, it was July when they found him. He had lived in that attic space for nine months after Philip Peters was murdered by That's him. Disgusting. So when they said the murderer's in the wind, we can't find him, he was still at the scene of the crime. The reason those women thought the house was haunted, because he was living there still. Right. They were like, oh, wow. They thought he had like fled, but really he was like hiding in plain sight. Like he was there. The exactly. Whole time. That's so crazy. How does someone live that like that way for nine months? Like now, I I would understand, especially because it's in a small space. Like why would the smell would get so bad? Because it's like, oh my god. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. I mean, enough waste for nine months. Yeah. Oh my god. That That's repulsive. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. It's very gross. And I am sympathetic to his situation, of course, of being in poor health and the Great Depression had just happened and it was about to be winter. But let's be honest, that's just not, it's just not acceptable under any circumstances. Uh, And also- Everything up to it, like I'm like, I I empathize, but that is just disgusting and immoral. And he, this poor guy whose wife is in the hospital, he beat him to death someone he barely knew which gives me the impression that maybe he wasn't in the best mental state either because i think it takes a lot more than being freaked out about being found to beat someone to death like that 
in itself, yeah. I think, is very um, what's the word? I'm demonstrative of his mental state right. and well being. I yeah, I guess like when you're in survival mode, like he's kind of just like I need to do whatever I can to survive for the next day. So he, it doesn't matter what the stakes are. It's kind of just like I need to overcome this so I can live. Yeah. The reason I picked this case actually was because that concept is so terrifying to me. It's, I, oh my God, I can't even, it's not something I really think about, but the fact that like, oh, that, that could happen. That's happened in the past. And like, what, how would I feel if that happened to me? That's because it's not even, it's not, it would be one thing if he was the only person in the house and then. I guess it's more so the concept of someone living in this person's house while they were there and they didn't even know it. That yeah. freaks me out the most. Yeah, it would, be, it would be different if nobody was there. Like, obviously, it's like you it would be creepy if someone was living in your house when you weren't there. But like they didn't. It's like they were like co- they're coexisting and they didn't know that they were just right upstairs. And this like six they, foot tall guy who murdered your husband. Yeah, like the reason that your husband is dead is just in your living in your house for nine months and you aren't aware of it. Like you're aware of the fact that he exists and he's out there, but you don't know that he's like literally in your he house. He lives with you. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. I think it's kind of the same concept of uh, it's similar to how it disgusts me. The thought of like in a hotel, if someone, you know, puts a hole in the wall or something and watches you. It's yeah. almost like stalking, but worse because it's an invasion into your, I guess it's an invasion into your space, into your, someone is, it's like a parasite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, Shout out something, Parasite Film. Oh, I, that, that movie was good. That movie was really good. But um, it, there's something about like, like not knowing that like when you're just, it, you don't know if somebody's watching you when you're alone, like you're not thinking about it but like somebody is watching you is so like it makes me so uncomfortable to think about that because like I don't know it's just a huge invasion of privacy and it kind of like it's just crazy to think that I don't even know like I don't even want to imagine Joe from you see like that's so creepy like to think that like you're in your house and you're like thinking that you're alone and doing like things that you would normally do alone and like somebody's watching you you don't even know it and like analyzing everything you do it's so creepy it is creepy and to know that the fact that that person would have power over your life because you're sleeping you're you know doing whatever and it's just this person yeah it's what you said earlier hiding in plain sight and it's like when you're alone and you're not thinking about like the fact that somebody could be watching you. You're in like a vulnerable state because you're not expecting it. Like they do have the control of the situation because it's like when you go to bed at night, like you're not thinking like, oh, I have to be on my guard because there's a murder in my house. Like they have all the control because they you don't know they're there. Yeah. Unless you're a psychopath like me and you, well, not a real psychopath, but unless you're <laughs> a terrified human being like me and you're always thinking that you have to be prepared for the worst. Yeah. Unless you're paranoid. <laughs> I am paranoid. There's no doubt about it. I feel like you can only listen to slash research so many true crime cases before you become paranoid. Yeah. I guess it's better to be paranoid because, you know, you're always prepared for the worst. Yeah. And Maybe ignorance is bliss, but not really, really matters, you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, crawl spaces also, nothing good comes out of a crawl space. Let's yeah. be honest. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I have a story. Do you want to hear a story 
I about my family that has to do with crawl spaces that's actually good crawl space yeah sure okay so i had an aunt on my mom's side who is kind of uh not the best in her mental state and she was in the army uh worked for the army for many many years but she lived after she retired obviously she was still getting her pension checks and stuff but she lived extremely frugally like to the point where her family would help her out and stuff because we all thought that she was impoverished and she was working for the military this was a while ago like in the 40s or 50s so she was um my great grandma told us the story but she lived extremely frugally like to the point that we everyone in the family thought she was really struggling and really poor and so no one no one thought anything of this but when she passed away um actually my grandma she my grandma was the one who handled her will and what happened was that she left everything like her entire everything she owned to my grandpa but we didn't like he didn't think that there was anything there you know he didn't think there was anything to take so they went through her belongings and things and they were just going to pack everything up and kind of put it in a storage unit and distribute it to the family and then one of her neighbors came over and was saying hey I know that you know this but she wasn't in the best state mentally and I heard her cracking with the floorboards at night and I just thought you should check that out and my grandpa was like okay and so they go into the house and they start peeling up the floorboards and they found that every single pension check she'd gotten from the military for 50 40 or 50 years was shoved underneath the floorboards in her house and when they started pulling books out of her library they shook them and envelopes came out that had checks in them like her entire floorboard underneath all of it she had just slipped all her money every single check she got under the floorboards or in books in her library so they pull out all these checks and she'd left everything to my grandpa everything in her house her whole estate And so they pull out all these checks and total, they found it was like over a million dollars that she, everyone thought she was in poverty, but turned out she was a millionaire who was just a little bit off her rocker and didn't tell anyone that she was getting paid for like 40 years and just didn't spend any of it. So, wow. Yeah. So my grandma and grandpa were living pretty, uh, in poverty in new jersey and then after they found all that money underneath my aunt's floorboards and in her library they were able to they cashed everything sold their house and got a super nice house in florida wow isn't that crazy to save the day wow isn't that insane millionaire queen she was a millionaire who didn't tell anyone that she was a millionaire kind of crazy like live it herself she kind of was just like yeah i'm a millionaire but i i'm not gonna that's not me (laughs) yeah it's crazy and my family tells that story and it's very interesting but at the same time it's kind of just like i didn't it's a crawl space story a a floorboard story that's a good thing finding money in the floorboards always good but yeah i love that story because it's just so insane like what (laughs) i know that's crazy to think that like your family member like wow that's like that's an insane story yeah. like you know a it's a party story it's a fun party story but yeah that's that's why my parent my grandparents live in florida now it's because of that but oh, um florida okay yeah, yeah so 
that's that's my crawl space story but this was obviously a much darker crawl space story than that story but i thought we'd we'd lighten it up but i do want to tell you another thing to lighten it up that conius was charged and convicted of murder on halloween in 1942 by a jury that only took 90 minutes to pronounce him guilty he was given life in prison and it's kind of it's kind of a bittersweet ending because at the end, before he was taken to prison, he said, quote, now I feel safe. I'll have a better home than I have had in years, end quote, which is kind of not great because you want him to pay for yeah. what he did to this guy. But at the same time, you can sympathize with the fact that he's had a really tough life. But still, ugh, yeah, blurry yeah. line. He's also in prison, so I guess exactly, I can make yeah. peace with the fact that he's in prison, but I mean, happy Halloween. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually died May 16th, 1967, when he was 84 years old in Canyon City in Colorado. Oh, wow. So he lived a long life, even though he had all those health problems. Yeah, they thought he wasn't going to live past 18. Well, he did, and look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a bummer. Yeah. But, living in someone's house up in the small attic without them knowing that's so disturbing i can't yeah but that's the that's the case of the denver spider-man not spider-man like the superhero spider-man like the actual insect or arachnid whatever <laughs> whatever but um, yeah what do you think about favorite. that story it's not my favorite Spider-Man story, I, I gotta be honest, but um, it was a thrill. It was a ride. It yeah. took me for a loop. I, I didn't know what was going next, but... I feel bad for Helen Peters. I know. Poor Helen. You know, broke her hip and came back a widow. That's so sad. Yeah, it is. It's... I mean, and just imagine, you're probably right with that. She was probably paranoid for the rest of her life, because I mean... You never get over something like that, like, ever. And now I have a new fear. So I think I'm, we're all coming out of this with something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just coming out of it like, I feel better now that I spoke to someone about this. <laughs> yeah, you've been carrying this for like knowing all the details about it. <laughs> yeah, kind of depressing, kind of terrifying. At one point, it, it's just going to explode. Like I'll research a case and just be so terrified by, that, by it. Someone I've never met before is going to come up to me and be like, hey. And I'm going to be like, did you know? That the Denver <laughs> Spider-Man lived in an attic. I know. Like, what do you do with all that information? Like, you know so much. My brain is a terrifying place. I bet. I blame it on my family. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> or do I? I feel like our family's all messed us up to some extent. Yeah, in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I think on that note, it's time to transition into my favorite segment on this show. Happy things. <laughs> <laughs> so we're basically just going to say one good thing that happened in our past week or one good thing that's going to happen in our week, something we appreciate. What the heck is going on? Emily, would you like to go first? Okay, my happy thing was that my good friend, Emma, she, like, came to my house. Obviously, she stayed six feet away, and she dropped off a little uh, fry and a Coke, and I was very appreciative, and we sat <laughs> on my driveway, obviously at a distance, and we watched TikToks. 
Um, yes. So that's my happy thing. <laughs> that was so fun. The fact that we, guys, we literally, so we're sitting six feet away. I brought one of those little grabber things to pass her a Coke <laughs> so that we wouldn't even be close. And then we, I sent her a TikTok or she sent me a TikTok. And then we would go three, two, one and play it and watch <laughs> it together. People walked by and we just looked like, so like I can't imagine what people walking by thought of us. They're honestly they've probably seen it like driving everywhere. People like in parking lots, sitting in lawn chairs. Like that's what people are doing now. I mean, you do what you got to do. Yeah, you got to get your human contact at in some point. I mean, time. not six feet at least. Right. Yeah. But yeah. And, we went through fan fictions. We we went through all the topics. Yes, guys. Emily and I are actually starting our own podcast. It should be up within hopefully the next like two months. I would right. say we should have our first episode up. So keep an eye out for that. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I'm excited. And I'm not going to release what the topic is yet, guys. Got to keep no. keep you waiting a little bit more. It's a secret. It's- <laughs> <laughs> We're great at keeping secrets. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm excited though. It's gonna be fun. I don't think anyone's gonna expect the topic. (laughs) No, I don't think so. People would probably be like, "Why?" (laughs) I know, but you'll appreciate it. Yeah, it'll be great. It's going somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was a good happy thing. I didn't. Oh gosh. Okay, my happy thing is that I I did my laundry. You know what? And that might be a lame, happy thing, but it felt good to finally just be like, you know what? I just need to clean my space. I just need to yes. have, I just need to press the reset button and start afresh. So I cleaned my room. I did literally three loads of laundry and <laughs> I was felt so much better after that because I was letting my sadness over quarantine affect my space and my mindset and honestly for me at least when I have a clean room I feel so much better so yeah yeah, I think that was my happy thing just getting that done getting that out of the way I definitely think that when your mind feels all cluttered it like manifests into your space being cluttered and like when you clean it feels so nice like it's very therapeutic and now you have clean clothes so that's always plus very true all my clothes smell like laundry detergent and i love the smell of laundry detergent the best smell (laughs) it's the best smell so yeah those are those are some good happy things so i think it's time to end the episode there thank you guys so much for listening i hope everyone is staying safe staying healthy staying six feet away from everyone you know except your immediate family um (laughs) If you guys want more of Horrible Things, you can go ahead and go over to at Horrible Things Podcast. Feel free to shoot over a message. Always want to talk with you guys. Uh, If you want to help and support the podcast, you can go ahead and go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rate and review. I really appreciate that. And I do read all the reviews. So I appreciate that very much, you guys. Um, Most importantly, just thank you guys so much for listening. Share with your family. Share with your friends. Hopefully, they'll have something new to listen to during quarantine because this is the 44th episode, I believe. So, there's like 44 hours of content to listen to. So, uh, check that out. Share it with your family, friends. And most importantly, guys, I just want to tell you to remember that we prefer Tom Holland. (laughs) And if you haven't gone into your garage with an attic, uh, don't start now. (laughs) But most importantly, guys, don't do horrible things. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.